the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Profound words for a Sunday school hymn. We'll talk about the love of God coming up next. ministry of Valley Bible Church in Hercules. This is Truth For Today. Hi, welcome to the program. Today we take one final look at our series, God is Love, and we're seeing that that love is shown in grace and mercy. The text that we find ourselves at today can be found here in the book of Ephesians. Join us and be encouraged knowing that God loves you. Here's Pastor Phil Howard with today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Can you ever tell a person, you can know you are saved? Can you? Are you saved? Paul said he saved. I'm not under probation. Did you hear me? I refuse to let you put me under it or anybody. I have been saved by the work of Christ. By his grace and his mercy. And I am not. uh, I am just cooperating because I've come to love him. But you are a product. of, And if you're the one that saves, you ought to get the credit. Right? Come on. Now listen what he says to that. He knows that attitude's in you. So he said, and this is not your own doing. Oh, sound like Paul and I wrote this. It, it is the gift of God. What's the gift? The whole thing. Not a result of works. If God could get a thief to heaven without ever giving a tithe check, surely he can get you there. So that no one may boast. And there's nothing more sinful about us than we like to boast and brag. And he said, but I want to do it in such a way you can't have human boasting. First Corinthians 2, he said, the reason I chose such weak folks to be saved is that there won't be any boasting in heaven. Because if man does anything, he's going to be sure he gets the credit. Now watch this. First thing, he made us alive. He placed us in Jesus Christ. We are on display for eternity. God has saved us which means he's delivering us from the consequences of our sins, his wrath, the power of sin. Then he says, finally, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do nothing, which God knew you would be tired before eternity, so he has not asked you to do anything. No, God has designed you for a purpose. God has already designed what he wants to do through you. And this, we are his workmanship 
The word for workmanship, I don't know if you'll pick it up. It might be, it's a Greek word that goes poeo. It's a long E and a long O, poeo. But the shorter form, the noun form, is poema. We get our word poem from it. And it was used of a masterpiece in poetry. A masterpiece. And so some have translated this, you are his masterpiece. You are his masterpiece. You are his divine workmanship. And you were created in Christ Jesus. You've been designed by him for good works. And it's not just busy activity. I'm working. That he is planned. So you've been designed with purpose. God's got a purpose for your life. And it's to do the kind of works and things he has planned to do through you. I ask you, what are you doing for Christ? What are you doing for Christ? I tell of a heartbreaking story. Just for the point, it's a sad story. I had a, a man that got all crossways and disgruntled. And uh, he wanted to meet with me to tell me off, and he did. And... Uh, in the midst of telling me off, uh, he informed me that my preaching no longer met the needs of his life. And uh, I'd been his pastor for 18 years. And uh, he's getting ready to leave the church and gave me a piece of his mind he couldn't easily afford to give away. And uh, so when he gets through chewing me out and let, notifying me he's going to leave... Uh, we, we'd had a guest speaker at the church who spoke that Sunday and he began to brag on them a lot. Said, now that was the preaching I want. That's, that preaching moves me. That preaching is great. All like that. And uh, uh, the speaker did great. So I said, well, before we leave, I said, you know what? Uh, one thing I must say to you and what I, my concern for you is this. I said, uh, how long have you been here? 18 years. Uh, has, has there been any benefit? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But you just, you've lost it. So, you know, I got to go. I got to get greener pastures. Okay. I said, you know, the thing that breaks my heart for you is if I were to die today, I've at least been able to help you some in 18 years. Would you admit that? Yeah. Yeah. Saw him come from the streets of Pinal, saw him through getting his girlfriend pregnant, stood there, tried to rescue him, tried to hold their hand up, blah, blah, blah. And finally I said, you know what? The issue is not whether God is using me, but when is he going to use you? Yeah. Yeah. 18 years? And you're saying you need a better preacher? You need a better life. I've been watching you. You're going down the tubes. You become a church expert. And you're going to wind up dying with prostitutes and drugs and broke and your teeth gone from doing meth. You're going to die a desperate, lost man. And you're over here talking about my preaching. What's God doing through you? 
What did God design you to do? He designed you to do more than listen to sermons and critique preachers. What's God doing through you? What is this God's plan? Are you living God's plan? Are you living for yourself and critiquing church and critiquing everything? What's wrong with you? Did he save you? That's the thing you've got to ask. If he saved you and you're not doing the works, we have every right to question your salvation. And listen to me. Jesus didn't go around assuring people they were saved. He kept telling them, you better be sure you're saved. The fruit will be known, the tree is known by the product of his life. And some of you say you know him, but I know you're not because there's no good works. You're lazy, you're unengaged, you're pew warmers, you're sermon tasters, but you're not servants. You're not workers. Why? Why can you get away with that kind of response? Because you don't know him. You're lost. You think you're carnal. No, no, you're not carnal. You don't know him. You can't keep from wanting to serve him when you know him. It's in, it's in the DNA. I want to close with uh, two marvelous pieces of what you were like when God found you. I heard years ago a story that I wanted to authenticate, and it was about Michelangelo. When Michelangelo uh, did his sculpture of David and had his pouch there when he went out to fight against Goliath, modern sculpturists and artists still say it's the greatest masterpiece in history. Uh, At least as I read different articles on this, they still say, I forget how many tons the statuary weighed I know it was over 14 feet tall. It was designed to go up uh, around the surroundings of a cathedral in Florence, but it was so huge, they decided to keep it on the main floor. And we look up this uh, guy by the name of Michelangelo. He's the greatest artist of the time. Uh, At that time, I believe he was 26 years old. And... uh, he said, I, I need to find a piece of marble to do this request. They had had two other men, Agostino de Ciuccio, di Duccio and Antonio Rosalino. In 1495, they took a piece of this marble. They looked at it for a piece, and they said, there's too many flaws too many imperfections. They use the Italian word taroli, T-A-R-O-L-I, taroli. They said, too many imperfections. They scrapped it. It was put in the library field of a sanctuary and lay there for 25 years seeing that it wasn't good enough to do any work on. Michelangelo comes along finds the scrapped marble, takes it, works on it day and night for two and a half years, and creates a world masterpiece. You and I were on the scrap heap of humanity when the master found you. And people would say, there's no good. They're just nothing but a drug addict. They're nothing but a pimp. They're nothing but a harlot. They're nothing but a thief. They're nothing but a proud, 
self-sufficient, arrogant man. We were everything that was obnoxious to God. Tell you a story. I just came back from Oregon. I was with this Justin Green that's fighting for his life. Gave him 30% chance of living to survive colon cancer. I went up there and he introduced me. They, they introduced me one day at a luncheon to some drug addicts and some thugs that had come to Christ. And man, I'm glad I met them there and nowhere else. These were bruisers. The one guy, Matthew, I'll spare the last name, Puerto Rican boy. He said, I grew up in New York City. My father was a Puerto Rican gangster. My brother, my twin brother, we both have seen him kill men. We have rode with him when he dumped them off the bridge. And we grew up with him beating up our mother, doing drug traffic, serving time, died in prison. This is how we grew up. Matt grew up in this youth group in that church for some time, pulled a knife several times on youth leaders of the church, and they happened to be able to get away and and stay alive. His brother got so strung out on meth, he committed suicide at about, uh, he was in his 30s, I believe it was, blew his brains out, and that church youth group had had him at times in and out. They were always the rowdies in the youth group, tearing things up, tearing things up. Just hoods, just hoods, just hoods. Matt, I just talked a week ago. I said, uh, I talked talking to the pastor. I said, uh, tell me, how's things going? He said, let me tell you what happened last weekend. Yeah, tell me. He said, Matt, this Matt guy, another guy stolen his wife and two children. He's been evangelizing him, the guy that stole his wife. And uh, on the weekends, he goes to projects where there's a bunch of poor kids. And a lot of times he does this for prisoners' kids. But sometimes he just goes to a rough neighborhood in these apartment complexes. And he loads his car with toys. I obviously get some help from the church. And they go down there and he evangelizes all day Saturday. And one of the big attractions for the kids is he gives them toys. And he shares the gospel with them. While he was doing this, someone from the second or third story of these apartments started heckling him and belittling him. Her little girl was down there saying, you Christians are phony, you Christians are this, you Christians, you're just trying to be seen good. Get out of here, cussed him. Get out of here, get out of here, we don't want you. Later that night, that woman was driven back to the apartments and dropped out in the plaza with a heroin overdose dying because some gang members took her out, loaded her with drugs, dropped her off to be dead. Someone called 911. They got her in in time to reverse the heroin effects, saved her life, winds up in the hospital. Who's going to take care of her girl? Who's going to take care of the house? Well, Matt, the killer's boy, Matt, I don't know how much time he served in prison. Matt, that could kill you in a moment outside of Christ. A body of uh, an Arnold, buffed, tough, mean. Now our brother, he mobilized the church. They went in, cleaned the house, filled all the cupboards with food. 
When you're a drug addict, you don't eat too good, especially your children. He had mercy on her, had mercy. Went in there, loaded it. Three days after that, she gets out of the hospital. He drives over, the pastor's telling me, he leads her to Christ. And now we got a saved sister in Salem. And hopefully a saved little girl. We just heard Katie Anderson yesterday saying in Nepal where her ministry takes her. He said, we got to save girls before the 13, because at 13, they're kidnapped or they're sold to the brothels of India at the tune of 13 to 14,000 a year. Said some villages have no girls under the age of 13. They've all been sold. And here's a girl that was the women's minister for Ed Young's church in Dallas. 3,000 women ministry. We brought her out here to be our women's leader. Bible teacher. She said, no, I I can't find myself yet. We have the Wednesday night meeting service, helping rescue women, girls being sold into sex trade. And this Dallas grad whiz girl that did a THM in three years, not four years, brain, outstanding. I want to spend my life rescuing girls from the trash heap of this world. You see, the grace of God caused men and women to start hospitals, schools, leprosariums. And even when Jerry Falwell, when he was fighting abortion, you know, it's one thing to fight an abortion uh, epidemic in this country. The thing that moved me about Thomas Road Baptist Church, they were one of the first I heard of to buy and renovate a house to let the girl live there while she carried her baby. It's one thing to say it's wrong to get pregnant. It's another thing, what are you going to do with her now that she is? Shame her? Or house her? Evangelize her? And feed her? There's a classic, uh, classic poem. I don't have time to read it with feeling. But it's too good not to know that the masterpiece here, I thought of the poem, The Touch of the Master's Hand. It's classic. Bear with me while I just read it to you. "'Twas battered and scarred, and the auctioneer thought it hardly worth his while to waste his time on the old violin, but he held it up with a smile. "'What am I bid, good people?' he cried. "'Who starts the bidding for me?' One dollar, one dollar, do I hear two? Two dollars, who makes it three? Three dollars once, three dollars twice, going for three, but no. From the room far back, a gray-bearded man came forward and picked up the bow. Then wiping the dust from the old violin and tightening up the strings, he played a melody, pure and sweet, as sweet as the angel sings. The music ceased and the auctioneer, with a voice that was quiet and low, said, What now am I bid for this old violin? As he held it aloft with its bow, One thousand, one thousand, do I hear two, two thousand, who makes it three? Three thousand once, three thousand twice, going and gone, said he. 
The audience cheered, but some of them cried. We just don't understand what changed its worth. A heckling drug addict prostitute girl in Salem. What changed her worth? Swift came the reply, the touch of the master's hand. And many a man with life out of tune, all battered and bruised with hardship, is oxen cheap to a thoughtless crowd, much like that old violin. The gospel we preach. That's why I said, Sean, this is your day. God simply wants to give you a gift. And the master wants to tune you up and take you from the trash heap of time and make you so you could sing his praises forever and say, I never had worth until Jesus came. My brother, when he's having his surgery and in those long moments, told me one day, why would he save me? I wouldn't save me. Why would he? He's full of mercy. He's full of grace. Because he's got more love than the ocean filled with ink and every man a quill could ever describe. He is the John 3.16 love. Have you ever let him save you and come in? If you'll believe him, he'll do the rest. He'll do the rest. Our Father... We thank you that mercy found us, that grace took us in, and that we've been clothed, seated, raised, made alive in Jesus. Everything we have, we can only boast in Emmanuel. As the old hymn, The Sands of Time Are Sinking, says, there will be no boast in Emmanuel's land. We'll only brag on the Lamb that got us there. Glory be to your name. If there's anyone here today that's never received Christ, I pray they would not let the devil show them a bunch of good works and a bunch of standards they think they have to achieve. Can they receive a gift? Will they receive the gift? God has given his best in Jesus. All he asks is receiving. I'll give you life. I'll give you life. I'll make you my own. And you'll be able to know I will be saved for eternity. Saved. And would you deliver the rest of us with maybe a nonchalant, boring, non-comprehensive view of the grace of God. We throw it around like cliches, like, oh, the grace of God. Oh, would, oh, would that we could fathom its depth. And that we'll be in heaven because God chose to be gracious, chose to be merciful. But God, who is rich in mercy, has loved us. We bless your name. And Father, when you get me to heaven, I'm never going to let you forget it. I'm going to praise you forever and ever and ever. Amen. 
And you're listening to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. As we close out our broadcast today, we would invite you to contact us. Let us know how the program encourages you in Christ and how this program is being used by you on a daily basis. Are we just a normal part of your radio listening? Do you tap into our resources available at our website? Have you visited our church? These are things we would love to hear from you. Take a moment, call or write to us today. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. You're also welcome to visit our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Take advantage of the resource materials I mentioned a moment ago. We have several. Again, truthfortodayradio.org. You'll also find information about Valley Bible Church right there as well, who we are, what we believe, worship times, services, and directions to the church. We'd love to have you join us, especially if you're not involved in a church at this time. Again, that's truthfortodayradio.org. If you're writing to us, our address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. And then, as we conclude our time together today, we would also invite you to partner with us. This radio broadcast and the many resources that accompany it are available as you partner with us, as you link arms with us financially and prayerfully. No gift is too small, no gift is too large, and you can do a one-time gift or make monthly pledges. No matter, we'd love to have you be a partner with us as we continue to minister the gospel of Christ to the Bay Area and beyond. So contact us today. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. And you can also donate online at truthfortodayradio.org. That's truthfortodayradio.org. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. We look forward to seeing you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.